right. Welcome back, everybody, to the Unfiltered Naked Truth. I'm one of your hosts, Andy O'Brien. This is my esteemed colleague. Nice to meet you, Guy. This is Rami. Excellent. Today's topic is kind of a, a hot point for a lot of people, but today's topic is about businesses and the pain of growth and being stuck. Wow. Yeah. And that's and the I, topic these days. It is the topic and it's a big one. And you know, it's about the difficulty and being uncomfortable and um, being uncomfortable in process and being uncomfortable with new things. And my favorite change. It's hard. Change is painful. I can tell you that. Oh, change sucks, especially for 50 something men. You know, um, what's, what's the old cliche? To be a learning 50-year-old instead of a walking around dead corpse at 50, never learning anything new. But this is what people are going through, especially right now in these days with all this, you know, uh, they call it recession, transition, whatever they call it. But people are really stuck. They don't know what to do. Agree. It's really, especially you, you work with a lot of businesses and you know that it's hard. People are laying off, but... It's hard to make a decision, leave your comfort zone and do something that you never done before. But I always say, if you want to have something new, you got to do something you never done before. That's my thing. But how you think people, they're going to get unstuck. This is really, this is really important. Most of us, most of the clients that we've worked with, most of all of us, let's just talk human element. We only change because we go through a traumatic experience a problem experience or a terrifying experience. So let's let's revert backwards. I know we talked a little bit about the building product industry in 2007, 8, 9, yep. 10, 11, but let's talk COVID for a second. So we were blessed enough. We got real-time information in November, December of 2019, moving into January, February, and March. In fact, I remember being at the, uh, our North American conference in 2019 in February or excuse me, 2020 in February. And we were talking with other coaches from around the world of, you know, they were already shut down in Asia, right? They were already starting to shut down in Australia and New Zealand. And we talked, it's going to happen here, but you, you, you talk about all of the, the shock that went on. And so there's all of these emotions that go on. So let's let's go to COVID. All of us. I don't care who you are, what business you're in. We went on this roller coaster of pure shock to pure. I don't know what to do. To flat out hostility. Right? You were in the restaurant yep. industry. Can you imagine? Oh my god! Zero ways to have income. Like yep. you're shut down. Nobody can come in. Nothing. Then we went through sadness and joy and happiness and elation, and then we cycled right back through it. Is it emotional, you know, like a roller coaster? Absolutely. So most of us weren't willing to make a change until we were forced to. So think about that today, until we were forced to. When we're forced to do something, we look at it differently. So cash flow? Employees quitting, uh, not enough time. Your wife leaves you, husband leaves you. I don't care which one. Boyfriend, girlfriend, yeah, and anybody leaves yep. you causes us as the human element to do things differently. Like me, and I was two hundred thirty-seven pounds. I had had an incident where I went from being super fit to super fat, and. I was like, oh my God, I don't feel that good. I'm not that fat. I'm not that heavy. You know, we look in the mirror and we see perfection. You tell your stories, yeah. you know. I'm like, oh, I'm fine. And then you have to go take a trip to the cardiologist because you have a disease. And they're like, dude, you need to lose some weight. And then you get hooked up to all these machines. You get the shit scared out of you. Like what? I could have had a heart attack. And then all of a sudden yeah. we stop eating pizza and beer for three meals a week or more. That was a catalyst for me to get healthier, right? Get healthier. Now, oh, do was I that cycle? change? Was it hard? Was it what? That change was very hard for you. Oh my god, it was horrible, horrible. But then you look at business, right? Same thing. I didn't want to be fat. I can't blame the spoon. I had to make choices. So in our businesses, it comes down to choices. 
So moving forward in change, we collectively do what's easiest. Would you agree? We always yeah. go back to what's easiest. Exactly. Well, what we used to do. Yeah, what's our routine? Is our comfort zone. The hardest thing is to, for all of us, we're in the business or personal life, it doesn't matter. The hardest thing is to get out of your comfort zone. Right. And people don't like that. It's hard. Oh, it's, it's, now I live in change. So back then it was really hard in the last 13 years. You know, we talk about personality profiles, like, you know, you look at dominant, assertive, influential, some other day we'll go through all the disc stuff, but there's one, there's one element of personality that is called S, which is very steady, where don't like change, don't like any change. Like everything has to be rules-based. And like, if you make a change with them, it's very hard. My personality communication style is my S is so low that I live in change. So I live in what some people would call chaos. Yeah. But when you look at other business owners, think about it for a second. Um, My dad and I, you know, one thing that he always said to me, which is a hot button for me today is, well, that's the way we've always done it. That's the way we're going to do it. Now back to COVID. I don't give a shit what business you were in. You had to pivot. You had to shift. You had to do something differently. We've all come through that. Most of us unscathed. A lot of them ended up in bankruptcy. But for the most part, we're a better human element, I believe, because of it. Because it taught us to do things differently. Meetings are on Zoom. Employees don't have to come to the office all the time. Now the pendulum's swinging again. Yep. And people got used to that. Yeah. So I don't want to, you know, they want, employees want flexibility. They want, they want to be able to work at home. They want all, they want all the things they had, but society changed again. So we've all heard of the quiet quitting, you know, where employees just stopped working and they went to work somewhere else because they always could get another job. Well, we're coming up into 2023. And I think most of those people that think they can go to work anywhere are fucked. They totally are. We're going back from being an employee-based environment to back to um, run by the employers. And I'm not talking about 1970s, let's work 80 hours a week, and we don't give a shit about your human rights, and, you know, oh my God, do as I say, not as I do. I told you to pick up sticks. None of that shit. I'm not talking we're going backwards 40 years. But we are going back now where we're seeing... Companies that have never laid people off. McDonald's. Oh, McDonald's. We talked about that. Oh, my God. When I heard that like a couple of days ago, I said, what? The biggest food franchisee model, very successful. They start laying off, which is unheard of. Unheard of. But then you look at the other ones. Facebook, same thing. They had to do layoffs. They'd never done it. Everything was like we can do it. Twitter, whether you like them or hate them, you're losing a $4 million a day. Twitter, whether you like them or hate them, you're losing a $4 million a day. They're running this multi faceted business now on what is it you got somebody will correct me but i think it's like a thousand people it's a really low number all of these trendsetters and all of these big thinkers are making calculated changes amazon layoffs walmart distribution layoffs why they have to change with the market and how as a people or or you know the people that live in society and we need to you know ends meet we have to adapt and that's the hardest thing hardest things that how as a human we're going to adapt to all this change and some people they can't they die well absolutely look at your adaptation we talked about you immigrating here was that easy no hell no but but so what for us was very hard yeah but what in your dna makes you able to make that decision there's no other option you have to Leave or die. And then whatever you have to do, you got to do to survive. And then that's, that's what I did. You know, you got, you got to do what, you know, you got to do. So do you think that all of us have all of the same choices? No. Excellent. Why? Because it's, it's very personal. It's like you, you want to do something, you don't want to do something. I know people in this situation, as we said, they're stuck. Really, they're stuck. Oh. And, I, and I tell them. If you don't change, nothing going to change. Change starts with you. Right. It doesn't oh. matter. It starts with you. 
regardless of what situation you are, you got to do is you have to take the first step. And if you don't do that, don't blame it on society, people, friends, partner, wife, husband, whatever the fuck you think. It's not on them. It's on you. Absolutely. We have a formula for that. But you just said that, that you have to take the first steps. We find, you've seen it, that stuck. People are unwilling to make that first step. And they don't expect glory. And not going to happen, shit. <laughs> I'm serious. Nothing's well, going to happen. Every overnight, every over every ten year business that's an overnight success. Think about that. There's no overnight success. All of these business people historically, and I think that's the one of the reasons people are stuck is they get stuck in their own way. And people are like, "What does that mean?" Look, go look in the fucking mirror. You're not perfect. You're not. Nobody's fucking perfect. I, love it. I am not perfect. No, just a second. I know that's not true. I know. Your team <laughs> thinks you're perfect. Yeah. <laughs> They're all looking away right now. Yeah, like, I know. Like so lions what the fuck in the like, about. No, uh-uh. But think about it. The hardest thing for change is going and looking at that ego, that vanity. Look in the mirror for a minute and go, oh, my God, I'm not perfect. Oh, my God, I'm a shitty operator. Oh, my God, I'm broke. Oh, my God. I'm a poser. That's right. I'm an imposter syndrome. You know, it's really interesting. I was talking to some people that um, they talk about, do you want to be right or do you want to be rich? And that line has stuck with me for months now. I don't ever want to be right again. I want to be rich, right? I want to be wealthy. Why not? Because look, if you're always right, you mean your ego is in the way of making decisions. If you're always right, let, let's say, um, okay, businesses, right? So yeah. they hire a new person, right? So they, you've been in business, I've been in business. We bring a new person in. Yep. They work for three weeks and you go to them and you go, okay, tell me this. What do you see as a problem in our business? And they like, no, you're not going to get fired. Tell us, what, what do you see as a problem? And they tell you. And you're like, oh, this, what, what the fuck could this guy know? He's only been here for a couple of weeks. He don't know shit. The reality is that was truth. They see reality because they don't have all the baggage. People in business, we're stuck. We get stuck. And my question is that why most of the CEOs of operators, as you call, they're not doing that. Like I am a big fan of what you just said, to go to the new person after four weeks and then sat with that person and say, hey, what we do wrong? Do you, do you see any areas of improvement that we can apply and get better as a new person that joined the company? I do that, but some of the operators, they don't believe that. They say, oh, how much that guy knows or that gal knows, you know, what the fuck, you know? But they don't know. They're they doing it wrong. Oh, absolutely. It's the I know mindset. The, the super I know. How could I be wrong? I'm running the organization. I am the boss. I am the entrepreneur. Yes. I am the founder. Okay? So you can never make a mistake. You can never look at perspective. You know, we talk about awareness, education, implementation, and discipline. Right? Awareness, second set of eyes. Yep. Just like you, when you look at my business and I look at yours, you're not in my business every day, so are you emotionally connected to my business? No. Absolutely not. Same thing when we yep. work with a business. But when you look at business owners going to whomever it is and going, okay, you've been here for a couple of days. What are your thoughts? How, how could we improve? And they give you legitimate ideas because they don't have the baggage of all the emotions. Because part of the problem with being stuck is we're stuck in our own head. If we have to be vulnerable to our team, it means we are failures. We don't want to admit to it. Most but, of the people, they don't want to admit to it. Yeah, I have and, seen that. Yeah, but humility is one of those things that carries you farther today. So let's let's talk about, you know, the the business owners that most of us work with. You know, most of the people you and I work with, you know, they're when you're working directly with that owner, for me, it's 50 million and below. You know, I'm working directly with the owner. Yeah, we have some bigger companies, but we're doing different things with yes. them. But when you... Bigger companies are more apt to make changes because they they realize they have to keep up with that curve, right? The 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 front side of the curve, the bell curve. When you work with business owners, they get caught in 
that I just said it. You know, I've always done it this way. That's the way I'm going day to do day, it. Day to day, yeah. But they don't look at it from the point of what do we have to do differently to be better? So when you looked at, you know, I always use this one with rest. Let's just use um, 2007, 8, and 9. What was the one industry that, what was the one business that came out of um, the big short, as we called it, that gave people an opportunity to earn money every day? Uber. Uber, yeah. They changed the entire spectrum of business. Remember, you used to have to wait for a taxi? There's no taxi anymore in Austin, at least. It, yeah, in some of the other cities, they are. We yeah. were in Nashville, and this, this taxi cab driver walked by us and said, Uber drivers are dead. No, no. They're just making a living. So that changed the 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 entire outlay of America, right? Uber now, Lyft. I never hail a taxi. I get on my app, and I do that. Now let's look at COVID, right? We went through COVID. What did businesses have to do in order to survive, right? Those that didn't, we couldn't have people coming in, but you could have a drive-through. Yes. You could have mobile deliveries. You could have Uber Eats. They made a change. Now it's on the cutting edge. Sidewalk pickup, yeah. Yeah, so when we look at businesses like this, the biggest problem is is they look at an, an idea from anybody, and the first thing that every one of us say is, well, the problem with this is. It's that we all have a tendency to go for the problem. Yeah, the problem. So yeah. they don't want to look at it. No, no, you're the problem. If you go into a conversation with somebody and say, okay, you're allowed to tell me what the problem is, but you have to give me three solutions that go along with it. Pisses people off. You know, a lot of businesses actually, going back to your COVID a lot of businesses created it during the COVID. Yeah, absolutely. I, this is unbelievable. And the businesses that adapt to new things with the COVID, they won the game. Like, okay, if I'm at a restaurant right now, for example, my dining room is shut down. What should I do? Okay, I'm going to use Uber Eats or I'm going to do a sidewalk pickup. I'm going to do more to-go orders or all that stuff. They were so quick. And those guys, they made it. Yeah, and, and the, the people, ones that yeah, didn't? The, the ones that they didn't, they sat on their chair or they're there you know they didn't do anything as we said they were stuck and they didn't want to do a change or for any reason and they died yeah and but that's all businesses they they won't change it's you know you talk about the stuck every time that somebody asks in a smaller businesses about being stuck and they want to make a change the first thing i always hear is well that costs money of course. Yeah, but what does doing nothing, nothing cost you? Money. Breathing is cost money. Exactly. And so it's so intriguing to me, just the people you and I meet yeah. on the day-to-day, and we have conversations with them, and, you know, it's the, you know, BMW meetings. Sorry, that's not the car. It's bitch, moan, and whine. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> and they, and they want to commiserate. I was that guy. I was that guy that I commiserated during the – when I was in the corporate Because you're looking world. for excuses. To oh, co- exactly. Yeah, to and cover your reasons are still excuses. Yep. So let's talk about another reason people are stuck in their fear. Biz- Go ahead. I think it's the biggest thing that they're, they're afraid of fear of, again, change or fear of a lot of stuff, fear of unknowns, that if this is going to happen, if that's going to, if I do this, this is going to happen. How about this? But you don't know. You don't know until you do it. Absolutely. So- were you scared when you came here 20 years ago? Yes, I was, but I did it because I could just tell myself, if that's going to happen, if I end up on the street, if I can't eat, if I can't pay my bills, if I can't, I could have so many ifs in my mind, but I said, fuck it. I'm just going to go and do it every day, get up, do what I can. And you know, that's, and that's a great thing. But again, so do you believe in work-life balance? No, I am not. I'm not, I, you know, I, I, you know, it's just, they say work-life balance, you know, I don't, you know, I don't know some people, this is actually a great thing, a great topic, but, you know, work-life, I don't understand it. I understand that you have to work, don't, I don't take my work home for 
It's about three years that I promised my wife I'm not taking my laptop home, which is I, 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 I'm not doing it for the past three but years. But she does all the time now. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, you are right. You are, you are right. <laughs> and, you know. And then, oh, oops. Sorry. Like, oops. Oh. And then she, she does it. But, you know, I said, I'm not going to do that. Basically, at 6, 7 p.m., I go. I'm shut down and, you know, talk to her, do all the stuff, do the family with the kids. It changed. I What I don't call that work-life balance, I think, you know, I call it more, you know, just separating things, you know, like it's just because I've been in the office sometimes at 8 p.m. Yeah. That's not a work-life balance, yeah. you know, and you are as, you know, you know it as an entrepreneur and a small business owner or business owner. It's hard to do that work-life balance. You know, one weekend you got to go to seminar, which is you went. Uh, there, there, look, for the record, him and I agree 100%. There is no such thing as work-life balance. If you want balance, go buy a fucking teeter-totter. Or just get an 8 to 5 jobs and go, go to sell work. ice cream. Yeah. And then just punch out at 5 p.m. and you're done. If the business burns down, it's not your fault. Oh, of you course know? not. But when you are an entrepreneur or a business owner, after 5, your brain, it goes with the 400 miles an hour. What oh. should I do with that? So, you know, hey, I have my notebook. And I take it home and I write my idea. Oh, exactly. I do that. And that's not a work-life balance. She's watching a TV, her favorite show, and I'm just kind of sketching my ideas. And next, hey, I give her a smile and I'm just doing it. And she said, what are you doing? I said, no, I just, you know, I'm doing my brain dump. And that's, that is one of those caveats. Like people, we believe in harmony. Look, all business owners have choices. Absolutely. I don't want to hear any of this bullshit. Like, I don't have a choice and my circumstances are different. Fuck that. Exactly. Exactly. Here, Here's the deal. You as a business owner, you have choices. You have the choices that who you hire. You have choices whether you hire or not. You have choices to pay your bills. You have choices to pay yourself. You have choices to make profit. I agree with that. Yeah. You have all of these choices, but they boil it down to... I'm stuck because I can't do more. The other, I want to touch on this subject really quickly. You mentioned that your dad had talked to you about the people you hang out with, right? So we are the equal sum to those that we surround ourselves with. We can agree on that, right? Absolutely. So if you're hanging out with all the the idiots in the neighborhood, you're the BMWs. Yeah, BMWs that way. But if you are the biggest fish you have the best job, you have the best family with your group of friends, there's a problem. Many businesses today surround themselves with other business owners who don't want more and they maybe they do want more, but they they live in fear of success. I know, that, I let, know some of them. Yeah. yeah, think about that for a second. Fear of success. I what suffered if, from that. Did you really? Yes, because I was afraid. And the, and I tell you why. Until last year, last year, not 19, and everybody telling me that, hey, you, you were successful, you can be successful. But what, what, what I was afraid to feel and visualize that because say, if that doesn't work, what's going to happen? But And now I think, what the fuck, you know? And since I changed my mind and everything is changing, the doors is opening, you know, the opportunity is coming because I'm not afraid of something. What is success to me? It's just have a bigger company, have a great people working for me. We all work as a team. That's to me is a success. But as you said, if you are afraid of success, you go backward. Well, think about it. Most of these, I always call them the pukers and doubters. I was afraid. I was afraid for the longest time. I was a solo practitioner in this business. Actually, my two previous businesses, I was a solo business owner in it too. And I was blessed to be able to sell the first one. Um, the second one, um, we just closed it down. And the third one, for the first seven years, I was solo, like, I'm the coach. Well, I'm teaching people how to get out of their business, and I want to be the coach. How dumb am I? I was afraid to bring people in around me because I was afraid of what it looked like. I was afraid I couldn't manage them. I was afraid that I am not worthy of employees. Hmm. Worthy. Because think about that for the second. I was the equal sum of the shittiest employee that I had. And in some days it was me. That's the courage. And you have to do that. You know, when I started hiring people smarter than I am. That's what I'm doing right now. Yeah, I'm looking around the room. He said that. 
<laughs> no, I'm serious. No, it's I, just you got, as you said, you got to surround your people with the smarter than you because you can't go backward. You got to go forward. And regardless of their age, their background, or whatever they have, a lot of smart people oh, out there. And the younger ones. A younger one. Oh my gosh. I mean, I get, I mean, yes, I give people a hard time that we're still the greatest generation out there next to our yeah. parents, you know, we'd say it. But, and when we look at this new generation, I mean, I was in a, a networking group with a guy that thought all these millennials were just worthless. And no, we kept no having, not at all. Not at all. Are there some? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Are there some of our generation that are worthless? Oh, well, of oh. course. Are there some of the older generation that were worthless? Absolutely. I think with the millennials, you know, they're all saying that, oh, you you, you got to know what you got to do. You got to understand, you know, you got to figure it out who you are at age fucking 18. No, you don't. Or eight. Or eight, you know, just go out there and try, do your best, fail and fail and then go learn and go. Yeah. And they, in that, in today, when you talk about the fear and, and the, the fear of that next step, right? The scarcity mindset. Yep. You know, I talk about, there's a bunch of behaviors. So let's talk about four specific behaviors that get in survival the way. mode. Well, that's one of them because, well, I, I'm making a nice living. I don't yeah. need, I don't want to change that. I don't want to jinx it. But then you look at um, scarcity mindset. There's never enough. Then you look at the next two, which out of my depth, right? Am I out of my depth? People are like, oh, I know everything about my business. We know everything about our business until we try to hire somebody and we have to teach all the stuff about our business to them and make sure they get it right. And then after we're out of our depth, now we're overwhelmed, right? Now we're, I was overwhelmed with all the other shit that I had to do. You know, like my favorite hiring story is I hired a brother's sister's cousin who was a dog walker because she needed a job. And then I had to chase them around because the, everything they did was wrong because guess who didn't train them, right? And so now I'm overwhelmed. Oh, I've been there. And then we t- go right back to the other one, fear. Fear of success. Think about society today. Oh, my God. So obviously you have been very successful in what you've done. But have anybody that you know, your friends over the last 20 years told you, and you guys listen up, this is one of my favorite things. Oh, you're so lucky. Oh, you're fuck. a business owner. You don't have to answer uh, to anybody. You're going to make know. your own hours. Oh, my God. You play golf on Wednesday. Oh, my God. You're off on the weekend. Why do you work so hard? Why do you have to work now? You're a business owner. Yeah, I get that all the time. But you work actually harder and I don't play golf. I don't, I don't like No, but it's fucking but stupid. It's, Pukers yeah. and doubters. They are the you, your family or friends. So that goes to that fear of success because... If we're more successful, if we're more successful than those in our family, what does that look like? Not not everybody's an egotistical maniac like I am. I'm like, yeah, I'm the black sheep of the family. I plan on being better. You know, I love my parents. I love what they built. But I remember my mom asked me why I can't just be content. Never. I am never content. I'm not content today. I will never be content. I want more. I want more for my team. I want more for my clients. I want more philanthropy, right? I want to be able to give more to others. Um, My wife is the queen of nonprofit and she wants world peace and I want world domination. We're meeting somewhere in the middle. (laughs) So philanthropy philanthropy is a big part of it. But all of that leads to more and that's abundance now. Yep. It's what about not, you? Do you do, you do this for you? No, I, fuck no. I don't do it for myself. <laughs> you know, I always want to, I always, I always with this company, I said I, I build this company with people for people because this is belong for the next generation. That's what I'm thinking. Every company, every employee that works here, I say, guys, you got to feel the ownership. This is for you. I'm here to build it with you. I can't do it alone. That's what goes to philanthropy, that I believe that, that we all have that obligation to help others. By helping others, you would succeed. Yeah, absolutely. Some people don't understand that. Now, I can't really give. I don't have anything. But it's not only tangible. It's not like just money or, or it's just maybe a couple of words of wisdom. Maybe if pick up that phone call and say, how you doing, brother? I know the uh, COVID hit your business hard, but I, I know a friend. You might sit with him and talk to him. His name is Andy O'Brien. He might help you. Well, and you know, like, like right now, how many of you guys, this is always like, it's, well, today's the last day. Is it today? No, yesterday was the last yeah. day. Tax day. Tax day. 
I, I have a bunch of uh, uh, CPAs, friends, colleagues, ex-clients, and I always send out like the last, like on Monday, I was sent, I sent like five emails. This is a welfare check. Do you need bail money? <laughs> and I don't respect, res- get a res- expect a response, but every one of them responded like, you are funny. One day at a time, we are almost done because those guys work hard. But to your point about philanthropy, you know, it is, it's, it's giving your time. If you believe in God or you believe in the church or you believe in faith or you believe in a nonprofit, anything, anything, look, it's so interesting words. Like you said, words, words, just, Hey, how are you doing? Speaking to somebody. I asked somebody, I asked somebody, I said, when was the last time you talked to your mom? And he said, yeah, you know, like a month ago. I said, what, what the fuck? You don't, he said, yeah, you know, we talk. I said, how is the relationship? He said, it's okay. Why don't you pick up the phone and say, hey, mom, I just want to check on you and I love you. Make sure everything's okay. It takes fucking 30 seconds. You know, let's touch on that for a minute. That's, um, I don't know why people do that. Because we're selfish. I I say that for myself. I lost my mom a couple years ago. I'll probably start crying in this one, but you were a hundred. I didn't talk to my mom and dad that much. I was here. I was living my life. They lived there. And I was selfish. I'm like, oh, I'm too busy. She's too busy. She, I'm this, I'm that. You know, I was blessed. My last phone call with my mom was, and we don't say I love you in my family. Yeah, you told me that before. But my mom, the last thing I said to my mom that day was, I love you. Don't know why I said it. It was the last time I talked to her. So, but we're, we get selfish and you talk about that. So now it's, it's the running joke. Because I call my dad, all the time. Uh, didn't I just talk to you? Nothing's changed. <laughs> <laughs> but but it is that. But that goes to all of us. That goes yes. to that goes to just With a close friend. Yeah, just anybody. I mean, think about business ownership is the loneliest place. It is the second highest suicide count in the world is business owners. Think about that for a minute. It's really hard. It is really hard. And it's not supposed to be lonely. But it is because you don't have a group of friends. Like, we're friends, right? We can talk about business. Oh, yeah. We can, you can call me out. I can call you out. We can, but they don't have that trusted advisor. Look, if you guys are, let me just use this as a disclaimer. If that thought has ever come into your mind, send a note to one of us. Send us a private note. One of us will jump, or both of us will jump on a call with you. Yep, absolutely. And if that's you're here we, in the Austin Metroplex, well, I'll probably come see you. Yep. Because that's not what we want. I brought that up just to say it's the loneliest place in the world. And yeah, sometimes you need to talk to somebody. Oh, my God. If you don't think about this, the next thing is divorce, oh. right? Amongst business owners. I went through it. I know that. Oh, it's ugly, right? You're given everything. Especially when you have a kid, it's hard. Oh it's my God. really hard. Some of the worst divorces that I've ever seen and, and I'm blessed. Like I said, I, I, my wife, if you look in the dictionary, the word tolerance, there's a picture of my wife in there. <laughs> Your wife's probably sitting next to her. Um, but in all of that, we as entrepreneurs, men, women, I don't care what it is. I'm not going to go into the political, all the other bullshit acronyms. Those are mine. We find that we're doing everything we can to support the family, which means we work harder, not smarter. We work 80 hours a week. We're taking clients out to dinner. We're playing golf. We're doing everything for the business, thinking that it's taking care of the family when the reality is the other person in the family, all they want is you. All they want is us. They want us to be attentive. They want us to pay attention. They want us to be intentional. And it's hard to for the your partner to understand sometimes. Oh, absolutely. That's you but know. that leads to that that is that is one of the biggest reasons they get stuck is because yes. well, I'm doing this for my family. Oh, that's going to take more time. I talked to a business owner yesterday. Um, they're looking at getting out of the business. Okay? They want to exit. They want to exit. The fathers 80 years old, and he still goes to work every day. What the heck? I don't know if it's because he has to or he wants to, but he does. And they need to make some changes. But the people that are in the business don't want to do the work at this time. Are they in the comfort zone? 
totally comfort zone. They're happy, like oh, they're not. They're unhappy. They're totally unhappy, but they're so, they're overwhelmed with the work that it is. They're so busy. They're buried in doing the work, right? They're working in it. Yeah, and part of the fear is if you do a task over and over without writing it down, you are destined to do that task forever. Yeah, it becomes part of your routine. <laughs> exactly. So get, being stuck manifests itself. You know, I don't have any problem, as you say, go back to, I don't have a problem with some people, they say, I have a business, I make money, I'm happy, and mm. I don't want to scale. I am perfectly fine I'm with that. I'm perfectly fine with that. But don't come to me and tell me, how can I scale my business, but you don't want to do the work. You don't want to be open to change. You don't want to be open to suggestion. Wiggle my nose. It doesn't just happen? Yeah, it just... It, I, do you guys I hear, believe that? You have to actually do some fucking work to make shit differently happen? And if you want to scale your business, that's what you have to do. You got to step out of your comfort zone. You got to do the shit you don't want to do. Otherwise, you're going to be the same place you were yesterday. You know, sitting object based on the physics, it will sit until you move it. That's it. Oh, def- what's the definition of insanity? Yeah. Doing the same thing over and over, over expecting again. a different result. And then, you know, because, and then they said, I don't have a business. I said, yeah, you don't have it. If you don't want to scale your business to the next level, you don't have business. But if you have a business that it makes money, you're happy, you go home, you close the shop at 5 p.m. and you go, fine. That's, that's nothing wrong with it. Stay in there and do your thing and there's nothing wrong. But don't say that you want to scale it, but you want to be staying in the same place. And not going to happen. No, never does. Never does. There's no overnight success that's tried, that said he wasn't going to scale a business. He, they had to work for it. You know, some people, they go buy franchises. Oh, you I, know that. I did. Fitness franchises, what you're, or food franchises, fast food franchises. You know, and that location, if it's successful, okay, they, they have. Basically, what I'm saying, you have a job. I am really sorry to tell you this. But but if you he's you, not sorry. No, no, you are not fucking entrepreneur. If you go buy a franchisee, you don't you are not an entrepreneur. You have a job, a stable job with a brand name behind it, and you go make the money, you go home. That's not a definition of entrepreneurship. Well, and I think there's a little I think that gets That's good. my idea. No, no I and I think that's that's okay. For those that want to scale that type of business, because in a franchise they just give you the toolbox. Yes. That's all you have to, the, the, the flip side of that coin is just like every other entrepreneur in the world is once you have the toolbox, it's like, like, let's just say McDonald's or some of the bigger ones, like, you know, Chick-fil-A is only letting 11, they're only selling 11 franchises a year. Yes. Like it's like they have it locked down, but you, that is one of those businesses you're seeing them getting into business with the franchisor. So the franchisor has to go in work in the business in order to get that business to scale, to pay back the debt, but also to scale themselves. Yes. And there's a brand name is behind it. Right. And if you do something wrong, you're going to damage the brand. Right. So let's talk about McDonald's and franchises. Oh, my God. How many days a year does a business owner in McDonald's have to work? I think every day. I don't know. Actually, I think it's two days a year. I, I, it's either one or two days. That's it's written. They have to work one or two days. Most people that buy those franchises, that business is again, it's a model. They're buying a toolbox. It is an absolute. So now they become an investor, which is just, which ends up being the entrepreneur. So they can use that cash to either go buy another one or to buy another business. It's interesting. Somebody else had told me that about entrepreneurs and ideas. One of the reasons I bought a franchise when I first started this business, the second, when I did this from going from a consultant to a coach is I wanted the tools in the toolbox. That you can scale? Absolutely. We're scaling. Okay. Then I can consider you entrepreneur. Okay, good, good. Cause remember my dream and my goal for our business is a hundred million dollar firm. Okay. That's, that's you talking some big changes, big changes. They give you tools for, they give you a set of the tools, but that doesn't mean you're going to be a great mechanic. No. Absolutely. <laughs> well, me in a car, I take the tools, I throw them under the hood, shut the hood. It still doesn't run. Yeah. But in this, so think about that change in fear. One of my biggest problems, it just pissed me off. I remember my son came to me and he's like, when did you stop dreaming big? I was like, what are you talking about? 
when did you start, stop thinking about the next step? And that was 2018, 2019. And he was like, well, and I had to go through this change to look at the business model and look at what it would take to scale it. Because everything, and I was one of these guys, people, I'm, I'm telling you the, one of the skeletons in the closet. I was afraid of success. I was afraid to do the work because every time somebody said something, guess who he thought had to do the work? Okay. I still suffer from that once in a while. I still suffer from, oh my God, it's just going to be more work. And then I have to step back and look at how do we leverage myself? So we went from, I want to have a $5 million business to $100 million, but it's bigger than that. You have to lay it out. We want to help three, help guide 3% of the business owners in our Metroplex, 3%. That's not a big number. It's not a big number, but it gets us to that scalable fraction of here's what we're going to do. But I was, you know, we're, we're sitting here talking about growth and fear. Fear is real. It took a coach every day. It took me forgiving myself for the mistakes I'd made in the past. Been there, done that, right? It, it took me to have real hard conversations with those that I love. And those conversations suck. I suck. I oh, my that. God. Yeah, and it I... took real hard conversations with my business partners. And it takes that every day. We still have to be able to have all of that shit every day. But see, people don't want to deal with it. You know, it's, it's hard that I'm sure you've been in that situation. We go home, you have a hard day. You know, like a couple of days ago, I felt like that. You do all that stuff, and sometimes things doesn't work out. No. And then you do all this hard work. You go home, and you lay down and say, I got to get up in the morning, and what's going to happen? It's a lot of unknowns. Is it going to be like this? Is it going to be like that? But I have two options, to be stuck in that my little own world and just start that blaming game and yep. all that stuff and say, eh, yeah, or I have to just get up and just go do do it again and do something better and then just just do something it's it's activity it's um it's really hard it I is think. really hard look it takes pig-headed discipline people there are, uh, have you, i mean i'm we've been talking about this so we talk about hard days in the business all of us have them oh yeah i'm one of those guys and you can talk to my wife you can talk to my family i sleep like i go I am either 100% on or I'm 100% off. There's no in the middle, right? There's like, I'm, I'm like water in Niagara Falls going right <laughs> over the edge, right? I am, I am the guy that is always going, but I have an off switch. I do now, but there are times in our business, I, when we have to have difficult conversations or I'm frustrated, I'll wake up and it crack. I'll like, I'll go to sleep. And then all of a sudden I wake up. One o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. And then I just go to my office, and I'm there until the next night. Like I just go in there, and, and part of for me with frustrations and changes, I have to type it out. One of my business partners, like I, could, I didn't know how to articulate it, so I just started typing things. I type it all up, I read it, I don't put a name on it, I stuck it in a drafts folder, and then I move on to the next thing. But I have pick-headed discipline. That's a discipline. That is discipline. Like you, right? yep. I mean, we talked about your history, your history. We did, we haven't talked about your yep. previous history, but you know, you have pig-headed discipline. You are where you are because you refuse to quit. I can't. I can't. <laughs> That's, I, I got a tattoo. I wish I said, never give up here. And somebody told me, what did you put a fucking tattoo? Never give up. He said, I can't, I can't do it. It's, it's just for me, doesn't exist. It's so funny. I have a tattoo on my leg that says be water. Really? Yeah. So be water. It's, it's the same thing. Like yours is never give up. Mine is the philosophy behind. I always fell in love with that, but it says be water because water doesn't stop water. It's the, I believe it's the Bruce leaf when he went through the yeah, philosophy. Yeah. yeah. You put the water in the cup. It, it becomes a cup. cup. Put it in the But teapot. you know, this is the thing is about the water. Water can be just not running, stuck in one place to get smelly. That's what when we stuck, 
Eventually, you got to get a smell. Well, we smell like ass. I, I know, but you know, and it's small, and then you, you know, and you start just kind of a little bit making room for the water to start running. It slowly becomes a little, you know, waterfall, and then a river, and then you got to, you got to do something. You got to start. I, I love that philosophy. You, you, we have to have routines that allow our brains to rest, relax, and recharge. We have to. There is study after study, um, the chemicals in your body. I have always been, most of my life, a workout junkie. I don't look like it now. I'm 54. I'm fluffy now. Um, but it's we have, there's chemicals in the body, endorphins, that make us move, right? Each of us have it. You don't want to work out? Fine, don't. I do it for me. It's For me, it's that... I know that my routine in order to not be stuck is I have to hit the reset button. Just like on your computer. Think about it. Have you ever went to your computer and looked at the trash bucket? And it's like, holy shit, there's like 4,000 things in here. And then all of a sudden you hit empty, reset, you restart the computer. And all of a sudden it works better. Our minds work the same way. Um, I was challenged several years ago about having quiet time. And I... Brad, who's the founder of our company, is like, so let me guess, O'Brien, you decided you suck at being quiet and you just decided not to do it? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Like, And that was like in meditation. He was talking about how do I slow down? Yeah. Well, I found for me is that endorphins is my quiet time. Um, running or lifting or riding a bicycle, no music, just, just having that. It's my reset button. For you, I don't know what yours yeah. is, but... We all have to have it. These business owners that are stuck, they are stuck on the hamster wheel. They cannot get off. They do not know how to get off. They are afraid to get off. They they want to get off, but they don't know how. There That's, is a way. Yeah, this is the th- this podcast, this is just a thought pattern. To summarize that, let's let's talk about what you guys you have to do to on the stock. Yeah. Number one, do something. Do something. First steps. First steps. You got to do something different. You have to. You have to. You have to make a change. Um, What is that? Uh, Oh, my God. 1% changes every day. Yep. That's that's huge. It is. It doesn't mean, hey, guess what? Um, You were in the military. Yep. Were you ever allowed not to make your bed? Oh, shit. (laughs) I still make it. Yeah, exactly. But I still polish my goddamn shoes. You can see it. Yeah, that's you go, right. Man. Yes, you do well. I still do that every every morning. But do you do it because you have to or do you do it no, because you want to now? I want to. Exactly. It gives me a great feeling. Be honest with you. It's just when I dress well, when I'm taking care of my shoes, and it's a great feeling for me. Absolutely. And for you, it might be something different, maybe something else. But as as Andy said, you, you got to do something. First step is start doing something. Be open to change. Absolutely. So what would number two be for you? Yes, just me, ask for help. There, Love it. That ask is, for help. For that, me, ask for help. Absolutely. Now, if you can't ask for help, how about talk to someone close to you and be honest with them? Yeah, honesty, be transparency. Honest. Yeah, honestly, just have an open and honest conversation with somebody you trust not a puker or a doubter no when you go to doctor you can't lie to your doctor why not they can't just they're not clairvoyant like <laughs> <laughs> i can yeah. read your mind like yeah, i don't yeah. know what's wrong with my knee but yeah. it's wrong oh where do you have pain you know all that you got to be honest <laughs> with your doctor until they can prescribe you the, the shit or or figure it out what you're suffering from it's, it's like walking in i, I have a shoulder injury yeah and exactly. you, why are you limping well, my shoulder hurts yep <laughs> It's not you're right. Business is like that. You got to be. You got to be honest. Talk to somebody, and then you know when you get that prescription, you got to be willing to do it. Take action. Take action. That's important. It doesn't matter, as you said, one person. It doesn't matter what you do, but you got to start taking action. Absolutely. Um, right now, it's a great time to talk about this. Tax day was yesterday. Yep. You look at your taxes for your business. Oh, okay, so maybe you kicked the can down the road and you got an extension. But if you look at that and you look at your net income and it's not the number you want, that's the time for an open and honest conversation. That's the time when you ask your accountant, who do you know that could help me with this? Don't listen to your accountant. Those guys, they're going to tell you what to do. They're not going to help you. They're going to tell you and then they're going to be like, well, you didn't do what I said. 
right? They're really good at their job. Let's keep them in their lane. But go talk to them. After you look at that number, go talk to your banker. Yep. If you don't get the answers you're looking for, call me. Call Rami. Call yeah. somebody. Call somebody. You know, ask for help. But Hell, if, call your priest if you need to. Yeah. Pastor. <laughs> Sometimes confessions are good. I'm serious. Depends on who you are. <laughs> who you are, yeah. yeah. Right. But but you have to you have to do something. Well, you know, you have to take action, you know, despite your fears and unknowns and everything is happening in your life. You gotta take action. That's the only thing that's gonna save you. At the at the bottom of this, if if you're on if you're stuck and you're gonna get unstuck, you really gotta do something. We're doing nothing, nothing gonna change. Absolutely. Nothing Absolutely. gonna change. I promise you. Yeah, and the other thing is you really, you know, probably the last thing I would say, and then I want to know what your opinion is. The last thing for me is, do you really want change or do you just want something else to bitch about? I mean, you got to listen to Rami. He's right, man. If you just want to have a job, perfect. Yeah. Have a job. I have no no problem problem with that. that. None. Some people are happy with that. But if you're, if you're stuck, stop bitching to people. It's your not, problem. It's yeah. not theirs. It's not their problem. It's not their problem. It's not your employees' problems. It's not your wife's. Well, maybe it is your wife's problem. It's it, but it is ultimately your problem. You have to solve it. We have to take responsibility for our actions. What? I'm serious. This T- is so, uh, you know. I was one of them. I didn't want to take responsibility for my action, but I did. And since I did that, everything is changing. Everything I tell, everything, and I'm telling you in the f- fucking camera. And everything happens in my company, good or bad, is my fault. And everything good happens in your business? It's for my staff. Exactly. That's that's the that's the bottom line. That's it. I love it. I love it. If, I love yeah, it. Yeah, if if we all learned that, then we would be in a better place. But I think this was a great episode, folks. And I hope you guys, gals, business people learn something from us. But as Andy had mentioned, if you have any question, you want to talk, just drop us an email or comment or, you know, we're going to be there for you. You know, absolutely. And we'll is, answer them online. Yeah, it, we'll we'll, we'll bring them online. up. We'll have a great discussion. We had questions come in today. Yep. Just send them. We'll, if we get, get them all, we'll try to respond to them accordingly. But yeah, that that's, that's all about that. We are here to give back and help as many people as possible. And I think, I think we're doing something positive here. Yeah, I believe so. Well, thank you so much, Ramin. It's awesome. Thank you, folks. Until next time. All right. Ciao.